Welcome back to Killer Fun. I'm Christy. I'm Jackie. We're so glad you're back with us today. Today we are going to talk about spies. Ooh, do, 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 do. So I got a game for Christmas that I had on my wish list and we've been playing fewer games. I think we're kind of moving away from games a little bit. Well, because we never win. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) We don't win. They can be kind of hard to follow. So we are going to play a game, but if you're normally a game skipper, like you're here for the true crime stuff and then you skip the game, stick around for the game because I'm not going to try and make it so that you can completely follow what we're doing, but I'm going to give you all the funny parts and then we'll kind of review it at the end. We'll tell you a little bit at the beginning how we're going to play. I'll give you all the funny bits, then we'll kind of review it at the end and then... I think that'll be better. Yeah. You know, because as a listener, I could imagine it's hard to uh, follow along sometimes with the game because, I mean, I find it hard to follow along with the game and I'm here. Yeah. So there are <laughs> yes. times where I'm lost and, and all of that. But uh-huh. some of the games we've played are so good that we need to remind you to go play them. Yeah. Because if you didn't like the episode, that's okay. But um, but you should go play the game. Yeah, because the game's really... I haven't. We haven't played a game that I haven't liked. I mean, I love I them mean, all. well... Maybe once we got to the, like, the last box we did of Hunt a Killer, I was just, I was too confused. And if you were confused, I don't blame you, because I was really confused, and I'm sitting here looking at all this I mean, that was hard, but we wanted a quicker win. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It wasn't something I needed to spend a lot of time with. Underwhelming. Yeah, well. It was so intriguing, the first two boxes. It was. And then the third box was just. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. But stick around for this episode, because I think you're going to like our review of this game. Yeah, yeah. It'll be good. So I got this game, Codenames, for Christmas. And I, you know, (laughs) preparing when we do games... I sit, I play both parts of the oh, game. Right. <laughs> I set it all up. I read the instructions. I play both sides of the game, both players. <laughs> it's a, to watch me do it. I am a lunatic. I look <laughs> crazy, like I'm multiple personality. Like, um, oh, there was some Pixar short where they were playing chess oh oh i remember that yes and they like you saw the the same person on either side of the table was it the old man maybe who Uh, played it maybe and he had like a different persona on each side of the table and that's what i look like oh my gosh we have to film this at some point (laughs) i've got to watch this because see i come in cold so that so that at least i'm surprised yeah it's It's legit you you come in and it's fresh and you have observations and i kind of come into it having some basis of Right. What we're doing so that we don't have to sit here and struggle. So I missed this whole thing. (laughs) I need to see this. I mean, I knew it was happening, but I didn't understand the whole thing. Laugh at me. They're (laughs) like, Mom. I'm like, Do you want to play with me? No. No. (laughs) I'm like, It'd be so much nicer if you play with me so that I can figure this out. And they're like, no way we're messing with this. Yeah. This is entertainment. <laughs> like, no, mom, you're crazy. And we kind of enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Hashtag. That's a, that's a great, that's a, you're kind of crazy and we kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. There we go. There we go. So I was out playing this game and I'm trying to think, okay, what kind of true crime should go along with it? 
well, spies, because code names for spies. Okay, so the game is by Czech Games. So they're Czechoslovakian game makers, and they've published these games in lots of different languages and all kinds of stuff. It's fun. I think we're going to enjoy it. But I thought, oh, I should go look at Czechoslovakian spies. (laughs) Okay, so I did. And let me tell you, that's a sad, deep dive into the Cold War. Oh, I can imagine. And I, well, because I thought maybe there would be like, I didn't expect it to all be Cold War stuff, I think. And I was surprised and a little sad. But in my research, I found women spies. And I thought, let's do women spies. See, that's a whole section that, that doesn't get spoken about, is the whole woman spy. Well, and that's women what were I was thinking. Like, Well, you need to have, like, a lot of background and Cold War stuff to really understand why these stories are interesting. But you don't need a whole lot to say, oh, the, these people helped fight Nazis. And by the way, they were women, and that's why they were able to do it. Right. Yeah. Yes. So cool. Very cool stuff. So first I'm going to talk about uh, Jeannie Rousseau. She was called the human tape recorder. She had such an excellent memory that she, even when she didn't understand what it was the Nazis she was talking to were talking about, she was able to report it almost verbatim to her contacts. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I thought it was really, really neat. So she Was that by talent or by training, do you think? Um, well, she was good with languages because she was able to get in these rooms by being a translator. She was translating between the French businessmen and their Nazi occupiers. So she (laughs) spoke at least French and German, and I think English as well, because her contacts that she was giving information to were primarily English speakers. That's my understanding. That's so so amazing. Yeah. She had a good memory. She basically fluent in at least two, probably at least three three languages. Very neat. Yeah. And I'm sure that even if it was a talent, she spent a lot of time training herself, you know, honing her talent. Yeah. I mean, whether it was a natural innate ability or a talent, I mean, she had to pay attention to what she was doing, be able to glean what was of importance. Right. So she wasn't just reporting nothing. Right. It's crazy. All I can think of is Star Wars. (laughs) She's C-3PO. You know what I mean? <laughs> but way cuter. But way cuter. Aw, <laughs> C-3PO is cute. He is. Just, she's cuter. <laughs> we're, we're just going to go with that. They suspected her, the Nazis suspected her of spying in 1941. She started doing the spying in 1939. The Nazis suspected her of it in 1941 and arrested her. But the Nazis she'd been working with before said that there was no way that their charming, young, beautiful translator could have possibly been a spy. She was pretty and young and, oh, she she would never do that. It was the perfect cover. And that's why they chose her. And (laughs) And that is why she was really, really good at what she did. She would be so charming that she'd meet with these Nazi officers and she'd 
tease them jokingly to get information out of them. So, for example, they talk about their weapons program and the V-1 and V-2 rockets that they were developing. And they, she would say, there's no way that can be true. So they showed her drawings. No. Their plans of the rockets. <laughs> and she had such great recall that she was able to help reconstruct these diagrams. Wow. So that they <laughs> That's amazing. It is it's really I thought it was really really cool. I'm like, what a hero. She is a hero. <laughs> she got a bunch of accommodations from different world leaders and Winston Churchill wanted to bring her in for a debriefing and speak with her. She was supposed to meet a French contact at a rendezvous point who was going to help her get to London and their cover was blown and she was arrested by the Nazis and she survived three concentration camps. Oh, three. She only passed away in 2017 at the age of 98. No way. Yes. Whoa. Jeannie Rousseau. Jeannie Rousseau. Hero. Wow. Thank you. Cheers to her. Yeah, amen. So then we have a lady, Christina Starbeck, who was also known as Christine Granville. She was actually the inspiration for the character Ava Green in the 2006 Bond movie Casino Royale. Oh. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. So she, in 1940, went to Hungary as a British agent, and she actually skied into Poland to help resistance fighters escape and get the information that they needed. In 1941, she was arrested by the Gestapo. She was released. This is why I wanted to talk about her. Because she bit her tongue to make it bleed and then coughed really hard and made the Germans think that she had tuberculosis. <laughs> and that's how she escaped. And they were like, get out, get out, yep, get out. They're now. like, yeah, you're you're free to go. And you're gonna thought, die. Yeah, they thought she was gonna die. So why bother? Why spend their time with her? But she just bitten her tongue and coughed and faked it. Smart like, woman. Yep, I'm like, I love it. And the only sad thing about her her story is she rejected an admirer and that jerk stabbed her and killed her. What? Yep. I'm like, she She's... survived the Nazis and then got stabbed by Joe from you. I mean, that's just, oh, that's so angering. I can't even stand it. I know. Oh. I know. I don't even know what to do with that. I'm processing. I got my angry face on. Like. All right. And then we have the woman that the Nazis called the most dangerous of all allied spies, Virginia Hall. I haven't heard of you her. you heard of Virginia yes. Hall? Do you know what Virginia Hall's big yeah. identifying factor was? She had a limp. She had one but, leg. Yeah. It wasn't just a limp. She limped because she had a prosthetic leg. Right. And I, I mean, people have called her peg leg spy or, you oh, know, and things cool. like that before. I've kind of heard it just in mm -hmm. passing. I don't think that's like a actual nickname. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I think of as the peg leg spy. <laughs> well, the Nazis called her the limping lady. Yes. And nobody knew her identity for a long, long time. Like, she had different codenames that she went by with different groups so that she was difficult to identify. The Russians thought she was Canadian for quite some time. She wasn't. So she was American. She grew up in Baltimore. 
grew up, was successful as a young person in school, went to college, got a diploma in economics and international law. And in addition to being fluent in English, she was fluent in French, Italian, and German. See, I I want that. Oh, really? I want to be able to speak other languages mm-hmm. and I'm really bad at it. I don't just, understand not... how they how they take that in and just yeah. I think an immersion would help like Probably. if I were stuck. We live in a part of Texas where there are a lot of Spanish speakers. I can't speak Spanish, but if somebody is speaking Spanish, I can sort of understand them as long as they speak slowly and I kind of have an idea of what they're talking about. Yeah, me too. But to actually form words, I'm just Mm-mm. awful. Yeah. And I no. can't remember vocabulary. I certainly can't remember any of the conjugations. Oh. Like at all. And grammar. I'm so English-centric in my grammar that, you know. It's hard. <laughs> well, and it's so funny because you know how Yoda speaks. <laughs> yeah, kind of backwards is how it seems. That's how most people in the world Speak their language. Yes, and ours is backwards. Ours is the weird Our, one. Ours is the weird one. It's and like, somehow we're like the standard. I don't know how that happened. I don't either. But I like it in church when they go back and they read like the original Greek, but they've transliterated it into English and it sounds like Yoda. And I just think that's funny because it's like God speaking, but he's Yoda and Yoda's uh-huh. all wise and Yoda's God. <laughs> <laughs> I have these moments. This is the rabbit hole. So I have to be careful because I can be, I can be totally distracted. Um, <laughs> I just want to be able to do this. And so my son is in American Sign Language. Oh, So he takes awesome. this, and it's a it's a club, but it's a serious club after school class. That's really. so cool. And what I like about it is that there are no conjugations. There's none of that. It's right. just to the point. And so my son and I were talking about how much easier it is to remain kind and nice. Because you don't have to worry about the wording, right? So if I were to say, would you like an apple? Uh I have to make sure I say an, Uh not a. Right. It's not, would you like a banana, right? Right. I don't need to choose between would you like or wanna Uh or need. It's a a more difficult to be disrespectful. Yeah. It's more difficult to be disrespectful. And I have a natural tendency towards the more formal language. So if I were to say something... To a, a person, I, I might choose the more elegant version because I'm so afraid of sounding rude, whereas right. somebody else might be not just blunt, but a lack of posh, a yeah. little lack of, yeah. you know. Yeah, of uh, cognizance of how their wording is coming across. Right. Just yeah. a lack of tact, in my opinion, but yeah. in their opinion, they're probably just being straight about it. And I'm like, I can be straight. But I can still use kind language, right. you know, and I often am, which is what surprises people sometimes because <laughs> I'll say something and it'll sound really nice, but it's also very straight to the point, right. um, <laughs> which is different than like a backhanded compliment. That's right. Yeah. It's not like you're saying kind words with an unkind meaning, right? You're saying kind words that have a straightforward meaning. Correct. And so that makes it kind of surprising because it's not as common. But Mm -hmm. in sign language, it is what it is, and you don't have to choose between those. So it might be so much easier to avoid a misunderstanding. Fair. You know? I really think sign language was a missed opportunity. Truth. Because, honestly, if everybody had a universal sign language, we could learn our primary 
language. And for most people, we would still need translators for written texts and things. Right. But if we had a universal sign language, we could talk to people all over the world. And unfortunately, there's American Sign Language and Spanish Sign Language. And, you know, there's a different dialect all over the world. So I feel like it's a missed opportunity to have... A universal language that we all could have spoken. Yes. Well, and you know, when you're immersed in a language area that you don't speak, you kind of revert to the charades, you know? (laughs) And so I was also telling my son that at least you can choose other actions that demonstrate. So if I don't know the vocabulary word for something, like if I were to say, hey, let's go play tennis, and I don't really know the the sign for tennis, I can at least make a gesture and it covers, right? you know, or if I did not have a right hand, I can still sign with my left and nobody's going to not understand me, even though you're supposed to sign something with your right. right, right. Um, And so, you know, there's a, there's a grace in there. Exactly. I, I, I always think that that's such a shame. I think it's such a great language. It is. And cause it really is its own language. Yeah, it is. And oh, my son is picking it up so fast. That's so cool. Yeah. It's really, really neat. Yeah. It's cool. So she understood, you know, what was she, three languages fluent? Uh, Four four languages, French, Italian, German, in addition to her native English. English. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Really, really cool. She's Ziva. (laughs) Yes. kidding. (laughs) No, so I think Ziva spoke like eight languages on the show, you know. NCIS, what? y'all. Oh, okay. You know. okay. Thank you. I was going to ask. I'm like, wait, which one was that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of languages. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to keep in your brain at one time. That's a lot of what? information. <laughs> so she accepted a clerk position at the U.S. Embassy in Warsaw, Poland. And then she was transferred to Turkey. And in 1932... While she was in Turkey, she accidentally shot herself in the leg while hunting. Oops. Yep. Gangrene set in, and they had to amputate her leg. So a lot of people, that would have been like, oh, well, too bad. No, I'm just I'm going to have a desk job. No, no, no. She was very upset because she had wanted to work for the State Department, and they had, at that time, strict rules about hiring anyone with a disability. Mm. She was not... Having it. She got a a prosthetic leg. She named it Cuthbert. (laughs) It had a name? Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Interesting. I wonder if she was a fan of Anne of Green Gables. This is, I'm wondering, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, because. But uh, wasn't that the vampire's name in uh, Interview with the Vampire, too? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's been years since. Of course, that wasn't around when she was, so it wasn't. (laughs) But I'm just saying. (laughs) I was just a. I was chasing a rabbit, y'all. Chasing a rabbit. (laughs) She didn't name it after the vampire. No, I didn't want anybody to think that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just chasing a rabbit here. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, so she taught herself to walk with her prosthetic leg. She went to Paris. On the eve of the German invasion in 1940, and she drove an ambulance. And when the Germans invaded, she had to flee to London. When she was in London, she volunteered for the Special Operations Executive, the SOE, and received training in weapons and resistance activities. She had a code name. Well, she had many code names. Oh, did she? The primary one that 
um, she's known under is Germaine. And she established a secret network of loyal French citizens, and they were codenamed Heckler. Nice. I'm like, that's nice, because they're heckling Heckling. the Germans. I like it. She had gone back to France to set up this group of Heckler agents as the Germans continued to occupy France. She had to flee. So she went to Spain, but in order to get to Spain, she had to go through the Pyrenees Mountains. Oh, my gosh. In the winter. Oh. With her prosthetic leg. At one point during her journey... She transmitted a message to her contacts in London and jokingly told them that Cuthbert was giving her trouble. (laughs) And they replied, if Cuthbert is giving you difficulty, have him eliminated. (laughs) They didn't realize it was her leg. (laughs) I thought that was great. She spent some time in Spain. Then she went back to France Because that was where the work needed to be done. She went undercover with the identity of Marcel Montagna. And she dyed her hair gray and shuffled her feet to hide her limb. She even went so far as to have the fillings in her teeth redone in the French style. What? To not give away her (gasps) position. Whoa. Yeah. I'm like. Wait, what's different? Well, I don't know. That's interesting. Maybe they use like a different color or Maybe. different material. I'm like, that's some commitment. That right is there. commitment. That like, I mean, I get walking through the Pyrenees Mountains in winter on your prosthetic leg, but having your fillings No, re- ma'am. <laughs> I would rather walk through the mountains than go to the dentist. Yep. I mean, at least you can't, you can't get frostbite on yeah. Cuthbert. So, you know, at least you got one area that is going to be, you know, pretty that's, solid. That's right. But you I got her to... knee hurt so bad. Oh, I had to. Can you imagine? No, I can't either. While she was undercover as Marcel in France, she was able to, she and her team were able to destroy four bridges, derailed freight trains, severed a key rail line in multiple places, and downed telephone lines. They oh my killed gosh. 150 Germans and helped capture 500 more. She wasn't just a spy. No, she was, she was, well, and obviously she didn't do all of that by herself. She well, had a whole no, team, but, but she was directing this team. She was a, basically a general. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She just said, okay, fine. You won't let me in. I'll create my own army. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So she was also awarded many awards from different countries. Uh, The French government awarded her the Croix de Guerre avec Palme. The British made her member of the Order of the British Empire. And the U.S. gave her the Distinguished Service Cross. Mm -hmm. President Truman wanted to give her the Distinguished Service Cross in a public ceremony. And she said... No, because she didn't want to jeopardize any of the people she'd worked with. Oh. Yeah. She didn't stop there after the war was over. She worked for the CIA as an analyst until 1966. Wow. And when did she pass? Do we know? She was 1982 at the age of 76. Amazing. Yeah. Cheers to Virginia Hall. Yes. The limping lady. Yeah. Well, see, and I found her because I was doing a little research, and all I read about her was that she'd smuggled information in her artificial leg. 
really? was like, I got to know more about this. Right? <laughs> well, no, I'm, no. She was so much more than smuggling information right. in her artificial leg. Well, and I had, I had read a little something that actually said that her limp was something she made more pronounced in order to sell her. But when she would just walk normally, she was actually kind of normal on the prosthetic, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. she would pronounce the limp uh-huh. in some, in some areas. I guess it was probably one area that she was well, working probably before the Germans realized that she was a spy that was really yeah. doing a lot of damage to their organization. She used the prejudice to her advantage. The same way the other woman used her yeah. charm, the sexism to her yeah. advantage. She used the disability to her advantage. Right. Nobody thinks that the disabled woman is going to be, you know, your worst nightmare, you know, (laughs) but, but she is. Yeah. So I thought those were some pretty great stories. So in my digging, I found that the CIA has put some old technology. So you think of like 007 having all his cool stuff, (laughs) you know, he's got all his cool gadgets. Well, the CIA had some gadgets too. And they do have some gadgets. Uh, And they, on their website, they've got like gadgets that are no longer used, like pictures and descriptions. And so I picked a couple. Yes. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh my nerd is so happy right now. Well, I'm going to post a link to the whole thing where you can go look at it. I just picked a couple that I thought were kind of interesting. So they had these cool little, which is technology I didn't even know they had. They had these little like glasses, almost like 3D glasses, but they took special pictures from their airplanes when they flew over. Mm -hmm. And so when they developed them, you could look at them with these stereoscopes and be able to see the images in 3D. Whoa, that's cool. I'm like, that's really neat. That is really cool. That's smart. And now, and now because of this, we have 3D films. Exactly. See, see, that's what I love about technology is it starts off with something and it can go both ways. It can either go this way where it's something so serious and then it turns into some kind of ubiquitous thing in our culture. Yeah. Or some silly thing that somebody invents ends up being major technology. Right. You know, like... Yeah. The drones will bring us coffee and someday they will also bring us medicine. Right. Exactly. We've talked kind of about this before. Yeah. yeah. So I like to go this way and see from where the serious turned into Mm -hmm. the... (laughs) Yep. And then we have... (laughs) This cool little gadget, I love the mail. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> I like don't a know lot this. of a lot of people. I don't think you do either. I don't think I've mentioned it. I have for as long as I can remember, I have loved the mail. Interesting. I know lots of people who are like, all you ever get in the mail is junk and bills. What do you like about the mail? I'm like, it's a surprise every time you go. <laughs> I totally get. Why the little blind bag toys are so exciting for kids. Oh, yeah. Because the mail is my blind bag toy every day. <laughs> you never this- know what could be coming. You might get a postcard. You might get a birthday card. You might get an invitation. You might. You might. You might get something you didn't even, you've never thought about before, some kind of advertisement for something you've never seen, or... I have a question. Okay. You're getting your your kitchen kind of redone. Uh-huh. Did this come from an advertisement it, in the mail? It did not. It did not. It did door. come from an advertisement. But not one from the mail. But not one in the mail. Because all of a sudden I had this image of you opening it and going, <gasps> I could 
me to my kitchen. <laughs> yes, this is what I've always wanted. And I just had this whole image. But darn, my image is dashed. No, sorry. That's no. okay. And then, it, you know, if you order something, there's like the joy of it coming. Oh, now that's true. Me and Amazon have a quite close relationship. <laughs> I hate to admit that I would say good 40% of the time I get something in the mail from Amazon. I'm like... I don't know what that is. Oh, oh no, me too. Okay. I, I always forget because I buy everything we need on Amazon. I hardly step in a store. Hardly. Yeah, but I've decided they need something. So let me speak it into existence and then they can kind of, you know, make it happen. <laughs> okay, Amazon. I would like that. Listen. Um, I need a semi-large, like a medium-sized mailbox that has a key, just like a regular mailbox, uh-huh. so that they can come and deliver all of their packages into it, and then they can lock it, just like the regular mail. I mean, they have all these special delivery people. Why can't they have, like, their own master key, the way that the post office does? Okay. And then... They kind of do. So, do they? Do they have, like, a... They have, they have like, boxes. Yeah, a box. That you can have it delivered to... And then you go with your phone and you put a code in. Well, that's true. The Amazon locker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying at my house. Oh, you just want it at your house. I want one at my house because the little porch pirate situation is making me a little bit more nervous about this. Yeah. So I want want it as long as it's not a big box, you know, I want it in like a, in a mailbox. That's fair. In my new house. I just moved. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still moving and finishing this week. But I moved from a neighborhood that had what's pretty typical for Texas, which is the stack of mailboxes in certain areas. Right. right? Kind of like apartment style. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, um, um, that's common in neighborhoods built since like 2000. Right. So, and because the neighborhoods are so sprawling that it's kind of, you know, overwhelming to go through all of that. But my new neighborhood is an old neighborhood and I actually have a mailbox on my house. Not like my house, I have the old mailbox kind of style on my house. So, like by your front door. Yes, so by the, my front door. The mailman has to do the like 1950s with the bag. He over has to shoulder. open my front gate and come into my little gated yard and put it in my mailbox. But this one has a lock, so okay, so he can put it all in there. But he, yeah, oh, that's but cool. I have a key to it. Um, and you know, this is so great because in my house, I have vintage mailboxes, right? That's what I, in my old house, I had them hanging uh-huh. and we used them for our individual mail. And now I have like a legit one on my house and I'm like, That's I love so this. cool. So I might like the mail now too. Uh-huh. I don't know. But would, know. would you like that? Or do you like the walk to the mailbox? Uh, I usually stop with a kid on the way home. On the from, way home. Yeah. Okay. So we stop and a concession I have made as a parent <laughs> is that both of my children like to get the mail. Oh. And so I let them get out of the car and put the key in and get the mail and they hand it to me. And oh, that's a concession that I've made. It's a good sacrifice. It's like, you know, I just kind of love that they also <laughs> love it. <laughs> I, I, I love that you love it. I know there's bills in there. I'm aware of it. Okay, so okay, that's amazing. Go down I love this it. whole tangent okay. about mail because because this CIA gadget that they have it kind of looks like a screwdriver. Okay, but you stick it in the top of mail. Okay, and like in with the letter, it like goes. It's like split, and so it can go around the letter, and then it'll roll the letter up so that you can pull it out. <gasps> Without opening the envelope. Oh. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What? <laughs> and then they just to roll it back up and stick it back in there and it 
unfurls and becomes back in the back envelope. in the envelope, and like, nobody knows so it's they can red. read them. Yes, <gasps> that is amazing. I thought it was really. You cool. need one of those. I don't just need for the one fun of those. <laughs> just I mean, for just the fun. For fun of it. <laughs> I just roll yes! everything. Wait, I love it. <laughs> go through my recycling and be like this woman never opens her mail wouldn't that be hysterical <laughs> oh my gosh this is so fun <laughs> okay so while I was looking at Czechoslovakian spies <laughs> this is how this started this right? is how this all started then I decided to go with women but while I was looking at the Czechoslovakian stuff I came across this and I have to talk about it talk about it I'm so interested now I'm hooked there's a KGB museum in Prague. No. And evidently it's just like this Russian guy's collection and he gives tours of Ooh. his collection, relatively small, like a couple of rooms. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Okay, so that okay, interesting, whatever, kind of cool, you know, something to go do if you're in Prague and you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah neat, mm-hmm. whatever. That's not the good part of this. The good part of this is the TripAdvisor reviews. (laughs) Okay, so the first review that I found was from April of 2018, and it's fairly long, and it's a a five-circle star. Oh, yeah, I hate how they do circles. They do circles, which I think is dumb. I mean, it's the owl eyes. I get it, but I mean. Whatever. All right. Five-eyed review. (laughs) Five-eyed. Five eyes. (laughs) This guy's talking about it. You know, the space isn't large, but it has genuine objects used by spies and spy catchers in the KGB, which I'd be like, it's a personal collection. They may or may not be authentic. I'll reserve judgment on that. True. (laughs) Secondly, it's authentic in the sense that the guide is proudly Russian and gives a proud Russian perspective. Oh, my goodness. If this museum was a drink, it would undoubtedly be a neat vodka, and the taste will be a little strong for some palate. Oh, like, oh, this is going to get good. My goodness, I can't even imagine <laughs> where this is going. Okay, the guide is forthright, confident, knowledgeable, engaging, funny, and a little eccentric. I asked what he thought about the recent spy poisoning in the UK and received an intelligent and knowledgeable answer, which, with the benefit of several hundred miles distance, I respectfully disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I, I have so many words going through my head right now. Okay. He goes on. He's talking about some other stuff. He's now he's speaking to the actual guide, the owner of the museum. Okay. Continue to show off your amazing collection in your own unique way. Stand firm in your belief of death to spies and one suspects those who have negative reviews. I got to go read some negative reviews. I mean, that's so funny because he's there. And obviously, he's afraid of this guy. A little bit. A little bit afraid. Like, afraid enough that he puts a review, but like... A fi- a, you know, a five-star review. Right, right. Just to make sure, but he's, you know, wow. So I had to read some of the negative reviews. <laughs> okay. So, yes. you know, you're like, negative reviews. Okay, those will be funny. Okay, the negative reviews aren't really the funny part. Another TripAdvisor user... A one-eyed review, I see. Oh, one. A these, one-eyed. These, these are both... These two TripAdvisor reviews that I'm going to talk about are one-eyed. 
So, um, (laughs) they're cycloptic. (laughs) Cycloptic reviews. Cycloptic reviews. (laughs) I expected some detailed background of the evolvement and evolution of the KGB, but instead entertained by a third rate actor wannabe feigning death and discomfort by his own hands. Okay, so, okay, he was, like, pretending to kill himself with whatever weapons he had. Okay. Okay, the funny part is that he replies... Oh, my goodness. ...to, like, every cycloptic review. Which is why this guy posted a five-eye review later. Yes, he did. He was like, don't reply to me. (laughs) Okay, and I'm not going to read it in a Russian accent, but I totally (laughs) read it in a Russian accent when I was reading it in my head because he writes in exactly the way like a stereotypical Russian accent would be in any kind of entertainment. So his reply to feigning death and discomfort by his own hands was... Kid, inside you so much venom. Probably your saliva is used as a remedy for killing rats and insects. You haven't tried to sell it? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I give you points for creativity. That is a fabulous (laughs) insult. It's biblical almost. (laughs) You know? People think God doesn't insult, but he's got some really good roasts in there. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. I digress. But okay, saliva and um, remedy for killing rats and insects. insects. Uh huh. Because he's full of vitriol. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. So another review says it's more a tour than a museum, as you can't walk around and look at the exhibits. The exhibits aren't labeled. So even when you walk about after about an hour, the owner talking at you about the Cold War and World War II, you have no idea what anything is, except the knives and submachine guns, which he takes great pride in showing you. So he's into his weapons. Uh Uh-huh. No judgment. His reply, buddy, I remember you that our museum is not for you. Sorry. You can't distinguish a dog from a cat and trying to look like a smart person. <laughs> this is a, the tip of the iceberg. This guy is absolutely unhinged. If you have an hour to kill, these are good comments, huh? Oh, God. He's a very smart businessman. This is, the, he wants to go viral. This is viral material the, right yeah, here. Yeah, this is, this is like something to do, but also uh, maybe a viral marketing technique. Maybe. Maybe both. Maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe he knows what he's doing, but he's just excited that this is who he is. And so he's like, well, who I am is going to make me famous. <laughs> I don't know. You know I what don't I mean? Know. And I can't decide if I ever went to Prague whether I would go or not. <laughs> like, on the one hand, kind of sounds really in- entertaining. It does sound entertaining. On the other hand, I don't want to put myself in the crosshairs of anybody who is potentially mentally unstable. It also sounds like his weapons aren't maybe locked away. Yeah. I'm well, not sure. if, if they are locked away, um, he still he's has the, the key. Way, he's the one who's got the key. <laughs> it just sounds a little scary. All right. So now, we, don't come after us. We're still giving you a five-eye <laughs> review over here. Okay? We still I'm not going to review anything because I, I don't know. The, I've not been there. No, I'm no. not going to review anything where I actually haven't been. <laughs> so, code names. Okay, so it's sort of a spy game. 
Your operatives have code names. You're trying to identify the agents who are on your team. Oh, oh, this is kind of like. But it's really a word game. What's the what's the game I'm thinking of? It's it kind of Res. I'm looking at the diagram here and the oh, um, it kind of reminds me of that game, Forbidden Island. No, 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 an old one. An I'm old thinking one. of like when you have I to narrow. We're talking about a game we played. We no. played Forbidden Island. In the yeah, past. That, that was, was great. That it was, was really good. fun. Uh, no, I'm thinking of the, the an old one where you have to identify what their person is, oh, and you have, you have to oh, ask questions. Guess who? Guess who? Yeah, it's kind. It's. Um, I mean, it doesn't, it's, I'm sure it's not like Guess Who, but there's this it's aspect. Not, it's not dissimilar to Guess Who. Yeah, because you're trying to identify. It's a little more cerebral than that, whereas that's something you play with your kids. Right, it's just a little logic game. Yeah. Right. This is more of like a word game. Right. All right, so we're going to set it up and play the game, and I'll give you the funny bits, and we'll we'll talk about it at the end. Yeah, let you know how we did. Yeah. Let you know. Interesting. Yeah. So. We have to play against each other, don't we? No, we'll play cooperatively. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we'll play cooperatively. Because I'm going to need help. Yeah, and I think we'll do <laughs> we'll do a couple rounds. So the first round, I'm going to give clues, and you're going to make guesses. Okay. And the second round, we'll swap. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. It is like taboo. A it's a little bit. like taboo. Mm-hmm. And guess who? What's the old game? I'm thinking of all the old ones we played with our kids. It's like a mm-hmm. mix of all of those. Yeah. But there's the one where you where you get stuck in people's bombs. Stuck in people's bombs. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very bad description. <laughs> but you have the little pieces, and you have some bombs, and you have generals, and you have lieutenants and spies. Risk? No, no, not risk. That Rick also has similar. That's but, but that's a bigger, different kind yeah. of game. It's just as a kid version, like something I want to play. My uh-huh. husband and kids love Risk, yeah, but that I is Risk. I can't. It's it's, uh, it's a big way to cause family strife. I can't even right. But what? my son, he goes to school and he's basically created an RPG Risk game <gasps> at school. It's kind of like I know about this, and I just tell him as long as it's not distracting. But you get in trouble, you're on your own. Oh, <laughs> I know you're doing this around class time, uh-huh. but he totally goes in and he ha- he has people pick the t- countries and now he's added, you can pick a, a group, a rebel group of some sort. So he has rules about what you can pick, but you can pick a rebel group because in his generation, his world, people aren't just loyal to countries, right? There are whole factions of people that are people groups that are not within a border. And so you can pick to be a rebel group. And then he... Huh orchestrates and is the facilitator of basically this entire world order and this geopolitical thing. And then he has, they can, the countries can fight against each other. Wow. They have to earn points to be able to have certain weapons. Is there infighting? Yeah, there's some infighting and then wow. like they earn points and then they can get certain types of weapons and bombs. And so the big one's the H-bomb. So if people, wow. if all the people get to the H-bomb, the world ends and then they start a new game or, and so it's just hilarious how he, he has this entire wow. thing. So he's like the dungeon master of risk. It's civilization, but live. (laughs) It's like, you know, civilization is kind of like a video game that's That's kind of like risk. There's a website where you can go and simulate what would happen if different types of bombs were set off in an area. Mm. Did they explode when they hit the ground? Did they... 
explode in midair? Mm-hmm. How high did they explode? How what kind of bomb is it? And it shows you the destruction. <laughs> wow. He would love that. I, lo- uh, I know, but it sounds really dark. But he know, would love no, that. Well, and I mean, the it was on some podcast. I don't remember which one. Yeah, they were talking about, they're like, it's so dark, but fascinating. It is fascinating. Flag two. Okay, well, I'm going to go with pole. Yes. Even though the whole time I thought you were going to say dancer. <laughs> <laughs> another one that has to do with flag there's so many i mean this is like the sats (laughs) (laughs) because you know (laughs) pole is to flag as flag is to i hated those (laughs) stupid things you know why because i can rationalize freaking anything okay see that's why i can't marie condi condo whatever it is my house Oh, because yeah. I was talking with my husband about this this morning. I'm like, because <laughs> I'm looking in the cabinets trying to, I'm like, yeah. we got to get rid of some of this stuff. I've been meaning to get rid of some of this stuff for a long time because there's a bunch of stuff in the cabinets that we don't need. We don't need. We don't use it. Mm-hmm. He goes, ooh, does it spark joy? <laughs> and I'm like, that's so elitist. <laughs> it's so elitist. And I'm like, you know what? Tissues don't bring me joy, but I need them. And I said, and I said, but you know what? When I need to blow my nose, then the tissues spark joy. So everything can spark joy or not spark joy. All of it. Every bit of it. You and I are gray people. <laughs> yes. See, and she's a black and white kind of person. She is a black, black and white she's person. She's structuralist. Yeah. We're not. No. We're not people like that. Yeah, like, I can rationalize anything. Well, and I think it is a little elitist, if I might say, because, well, if you have lots of money, it's not as frightening to throw out something that you might you, need. If you are watching every single penny, you know how many pennies it took to buy that thing that doesn't spark joy, and it's going to cause you stress and pain to have to go and buy it again if, if you, you needed if it. If you need it later. Yeah. And that's how it used to be. That's why people saved things because it was like, we can't just throw things away. We're not that posh. And so in some ways I've been, you know, because I've been downsizing in this move. That's right. like my big thing. We kind of entered into tiny house land. Yeah. Not truly a tiny house, but no, it's but tiny. It's small for four people. It is small for four people. Yeah. We went from 3,100 square feet to 1,400 square feet. Major difference. It's a huge difference. And so we've been doing a lot of this. And But you didn't look at it and say, does this bring me joy? You looked at it and said, do I have a use for this? So do I have a burning desire to keep this? And what do I have to give up if I keep this? That's right. It was much more of a logistical process. Right. You know, Um, and there's some things that were more nostalgia and it was like, that's staying. And there was other things that was very easy to say. I don't like it. Yeah. I just had space for it. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, it was so thoughtful of this person to give me this beautiful wall hanging, but I don't have a space for it. Right. Exactly. And that kind of thing. And stuff like the, like there's paintings that I got from my grandmother's house and they don't go in our new house at all, but I'm like, I can't get rid of it. So Uh I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But you know, in general, it wasn't like just this spark joy. It was like, "Mm, if I gain weight, do I still need those pants? Yeah. And you know what? If I, Hey, these are smaller than I am now. If I lose weight, I don't have to buy new pants. 
It's yeah. a money thing. Like, it's just practical. Because, well, as women, I don't know if this happens to you, but I kind of uh, fluctuate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Well, you know, I fluctuate within the same month. Oh, right. You know? Because I'm like, I have a great one for the other team. <laughs> well, we could do that, too. Maybe we could play both sides. <laughs> but will you be two personalities? That's what I want to know. Will I get to see it in action? <laughs> your evil face <laughs> yes daily daily one mail got it i knew you'd get that one yep daily mail it's a rotten newspaper <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i was thinking of. <laughs> but you're right it is i have a friend who lives in england and he hates the daily mail <laughs> <laughs> like prince released an album and you could only get it through the daily mail you had to buy the daily mail on a sunday oh really yeah and he was so mad because he bought two copies because he wanted to leave one you know sealed right. up in its packaging and he wanted one to listen to and he was like i can't believe i have to buy Bites two copies of stupid daily mail <laughs> Let's let's go for a softball. Oh, okay. Pole. Pole. Dance. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I kind of think about this episode of Friends where where Joey it has a new show, Mac and Cheese, and he wants to get his picture back up on the wall in this dry cleaner, and the guy's Russian. And so he says he won't let him put his picture on the wall because his show made the Russians look bad. It was terrorists. Oh, uh-huh. And he goes, but you have Harrison Ford on your wall. Uh-huh. And tell me, you see Air Force One? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I have not. And he goes, oh, you should. It's a great movie. <laughs> it's just so funny. I love Friends. Me oh, too. my gosh. Me too. It's kind of on repeat. It doesn't, it doesn't age as well as some of the other shows. Yeah, but I love how it's a time capsule. Yes, for sure. And so it's funny to go back and watch it and see the 90s in full swing. So, like, the technology. But the little references, like the phone pen Uh that Monica has. And what's a phone pen? Who needs a phone pen? Nobody in one table, so you keep your phone there? Well, yeah, because it was plugged into a wall. Yeah, exactly, because you can get up and walk around with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you had a cordless, but the base had to be... Be, Yeah, it was in one spot. You had to put it back there, or else you couldn't talk on the phone. Right, because it would would die. That's the phone pen. And I always love the one where Chandler gets locked in the ATM vestibule. (laughs) With the supermodel! With the supermodel, and it's so funny. (laughs) And I, love, I love his inner monologue is it a vestibule is it a whatever and then she calls her mom and says i'm stuck in the atm vestibule and he goes oh that is a vestibule well, and i love that chandler calls on the payphone and talks to joey and jo- when joey talks back to him he like you don't have to do that it's so funny it's hysterical Maybe it's certain, just a generation. certain types of games that I like. I want puzzles. I don't want to be able to die. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yes. I don't want to be, or if I die, I don't want it to like hurt me. Right. That sounds weird. No. If I die, I don't want it to hurt me. Fair. Well, okay. That's I, fair. I don't want to like have to collect more lives. Oh, gosh. 
Yes, I don't like to hoard things and have mm. to have a treasure box. And yeah, I can't stand. See, that's too much work. That's what life is. I have yeah. to hoard money and put them in treasure boxes and then pay bills and buy things. I don't uh-huh. want to do that on a game. Yeah, but I get exactly. my kids like it. Yeah, because they don't have to deal with it. It almost feels like adulting uh-huh. in some ways. Mm, fair. You know adulting I mean? with no uh, real ramifications. They do. They learn finances because they have to take their gold and their silver and their whatever, and they have to purchase things, uh-huh. and they have to make all these decisions. And yeah. I'm like, do I save up for this expensive thing, or do I buy these right. expensive things? I get it for, for, for kids, but if you're actually adulting out there, I don't know how you stand games like this. I don't know. Do for read uh Stephanie Meyer. You know, she wrote the Twilight series, right. which I read and it was fine. You know, I started with the second book and I was really glad that I did. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the first book is all Bella. Oh, he's so gorgeous. I'm like, I get it. He's beautiful. He smells good. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it, there was too much of that in the first book. But having started with the second book, it kind of got a little bit deeper into the story. And mm-hmm. I thought it was better written than right. the first book. Well, she also wrote a book called The Host. Oh, interesting. And it, I think it got made into a movie, too. The movie didn't do very well. But I read the book and I thought of all the books that she's written that I've read mm-hmm. that that was by far far the best no. and it kind of had it was bodies being taken over by aliens oh interesting it was really interesting because she was, writes for young adults so a yeah, lot of times i don't get into the young more, adults but this sounds like it maybe was written this for, was maybe uh, maybe geared towards uh, an older typical fiction uh-huh. and there, there's some like romance in it where i always kind of saw the twilight books as romance Novels, yeah, young basically. adult romance. Yeah, they're like young adult romance. Yeah. I mean, they're written for teens. Yeah. You know, young adult fiction. Well, think about all the movies like, that have been made. They're all young adult. Uh-huh. You know, like they're all teens. Well, and the stories are easy to follow, mm-hmm. and there's not too many characters, and, you know, there's not usually bad language or, right. you know, too much adult situations. Yes. Yeah. There's a little space in it. There's more story, Mm -hmm. you know, rather than relying on violence or sexual content to drive the story. Not that there's anything wrong with that and not that those things can't drive an excellent story, Game of Thrones. Thank you. But it's me going back to not adulting. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit simpler. It's easy. It's got space and and margin in it. Yes. For a little bit of a... So the host is kind of... It kind of merges those two. It has like more adult sorts of situations. Yeah. But the story was really good and you still have some of that margin. Makes sense. Yeah. I thought this game was really fun. I love this game. It was it's more of a word game than a spy game. It is, and it encourages conversation. Yeah. Um, because when you're associating the words, you know, it sends you on a rabbit trail, which is what we do. <laughs> yes. Right? And so I thought this is fabulous. And you know, not only that, but I liked the fact that it kind of encourages relationship because you know, I use times where you know something. Right. Like I said, rhino. Right. That was for cat. Yeah. And if you were listening to that, you'd go, what? Uh But my cat's name is rhino. Right. And she knows that. And I know that. And so it's kind of fun to be able to word associate within our lives and all of the memories that might bring up if you were to (laughs) keep going with that. It's fun with two people. I Mm -hmm. think it it would be really fun also with a group. You can have really groups of 
quite a lot of sizes, I would think. I think so. Yeah. And, and each round is kind of quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. You can do that and do something else, too. Right. You can kind of play it and then talk and play it and talk. I liked it. I liked it, too. Five-eye review. Yeah, five-eye five review. No angry Russians no. leaving comments. <laughs> or Czechoslovakians, in this case. <laughs> oh. All right. So next time, we're going to watch an episode of Black Mirror. The episode titled Black Museum, because it's like a crime murder museum, I think. I can't wait for this. Yeah, I, it, you know, Black Mirror, it's a little dark, but we'll try and find some levity. <laughs> Are you kidding? That's my favorite kind of levity. Dark, dark comedy levity. is the best. It's my favorite. Yes. All right. So watch it and join us in a couple weeks. If you want links to any of the articles that helped inform our discussion or a link to where you can get this game just want to give us some feedback we yes. would love that find us on social media twitter at killer fun pod on facebook killer fun exploring the intersection of crime and entertainment or you can send us an email killerfunpodcast at gmail.com Yes, comment, like, share. Yeah, let's have a, share us with your friends. Yes, let's have a discussion. You know, if there's any rabbit trails that kind of piqued your interest, let's let's continue that yeah. on, on the social. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. awesome. We'll see you next time. All right, bye-bye. Bum, 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 bum,